0: You are now listening to Jubilee Tri-Valley's podcast. Today's podcast is part four of our sermon series entitled Reset. Please enjoy. So, Everybody do me a favor. Everybody say Reset for me. All right. Say it a little better. Like you like me. Don't make me insecure. Say Reset. All right. I have a question for you. How many of you grew up in like the Atari Nintendo era? Like, that was your video game. Oh, good. A lot of hands. A lot of hands. Okay. Then, if you didn't grow up in that era, you were the ones who had to go out and buy your kids the Atari and, and Nintendo. That was you. Okay. If your hand's not up, here's what you need to know about those old school video game systems. See, in those old school video game systems, you had to buckle in your seat and start the game and finish the game. See, because they didn't come with little memory cards where you could come back to the game later and, okay, I'm going to go and make a snack. I'm going to come back to the game later. I'm going I'm to finish out the game. No, you had to sit there for as long as the game took because if you stopped or you turned off that video game system, it, all your game data was erased. I mean, everything was just gone. Now, here's the problem with that. When you're playing with your little brother or your little sister or your younger sibling, and you're playing two-player, and you're whooping them like an older brother supposed to do, right? I mean, by law, as an older brother, you have to do that. If you don't, you know, something ripping the space-time continuum. As an older brother, you're sitting there, and you're just whooping on your little brother, right? And he's there. He's crying. You're laughing. Ha, 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 ha. You're just laughing at him. You know, you're working him on the video game system. And then he remembers. He remembers there's a reset button on this video game system, and so that's when he gets up, and he runs across the living room and hits the reset button, and all your whooping, all your whooping on him data is erased. I mean, it's just gone. I love the concept of reset. My little brother loved to do that to me, loved to reset. Because I'm the older brother, I would always win. Wouldn't it be nice if we had a reset button in life? Oh, my goodness. I would, just, I would love that. If I could invent that, I'd be a very, very rich man. Reset button with our time. Yeah, yeah. I can meet you between um, 8.58 and 9.03 p.m. Like we get so busy in our schedules. That's all we have. We have five minutes. Just hit that reset button. I'm going to wipe my schedule clean. And our relationships, gentlemen, I'm a newlywed. I wish we had, I wish we had a reset button for, for our marriage. Yes, honey, those jeans do make you look fat. Reset. <sighs> I didn't get my big reset button in the mail yet. Tim, I know you've been married a long time. You probably only need a little reset button. I'm a newlywed. I need a big reset button. Now, where we're ultimately going to land today is, wouldn't it be nice to have that reset button with our bodies? Like, you know, you wake up in the morning, and it's, it's too early. You still got the gunk in your eyes. It's too early for you to suck in, and your hair is up here. And you don't even know how it's staying up there. It's defying gravity. And you look in the mirror, and you think, oh, my goodness. I wish I just had a reset button right here, just next to the mirror, and guys, I know what we do. We don't sometimes it's like we don't even want to lose. We just want to reset. You know what I mean? Like if I could just if I could just reset this up here and place it over here, I'd look pretty good. Like just lift. Just lift. Now, ladies, I've been just remember I've been training for a long time, going on ten years. Like there's a magic button. I could just reset. Right? I just lift, lift, lift. Lift up, like I know. No, just, just bear with me. I've been in. This, I've been in for a long time. I'm allowed to say that, okay? I've been in for a long time. I'm allowed to. It'd be nice, gentlemen. You know, your back hurts. Would it be nice just to hit a reset button? Feel like you're 19 again. We wake up. We hear more pops. We like snap, crackle, and pop. When we get out of bed, it just everything, everything hurts. I would love to have a reset button for our bodies. Now, I, I, I I'm kind of in your head a little bit because I can only imagine that when Pastor Todd or all of you guys found out that we were going to talk about our bodies and health and church, I mean, somebody like, really? That's what we're, we're in the house of the Lord. Jesus is in this place, and we're going to talk about abs. Like, that's not right. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about our health. Like, God, God doesn't care about our health. He doesn't care about my current state of physical fitness. I've even heard I've even heard some, some Christians, I actually heard a guy one time try to use Scripture and, and use it in his favor to show, like, no, 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 God, doesn't, God doesn't, is not concerned with me getting out and doing physical activity. I'm, he's more concerned with spiritual things. In fact, the Scripture is in Second Timothy, and what the Bible says is this. This is, this is Paul writing. He says, for bodily exercise profits a little. Bodily exercise, profits. I wish Paul uses his, his terminology just a little bit different because I've heard some people, see Delano, right there. God doesn't care about our health. See, right there, plain is black and white. God doesn't care about my current state of wellness or well-being. I need to be more concerned with spiritual things, Delano. That's why I have a microwave, so I can read my Bible. All right, I own a microwave, so I don't waste time, I don't waste time cooking. All right, hot pockets are from the Lord. I don't really, I don't need to waste time on that. Like, it's plain as day right there. He doesn't care about our fitness. He's like, whoa, slow down, lazy McSweatpants, okay? It's like, that's not what Paul is saying here. That's not what Paul is saying. What Paul is saying is, in the grand scheme of things, if we had to choose between our spiritual disciplines and our physical disciplines, absolutely our spiritual disciplines have a ton of value. But if I'm comparing gold to silver, everybody knows gold has more value, right? Everybody knows that gold has more value. But that's not this. Silver's trading at like $23 an ounce right now. Silver's valuable. Exercise and health and focusing on our bodies is absolutely valuable. If, if, if we could just put this scripture into context, all Paul is saying is, look, if you had to decide between being where you're at right now, being in church, or being at the 24 Super Sport down the street, he'd rather you be here. That's all he's saying. Because God absolutely cares about your current state of physical fitness. He absolutely cares about your health and your wellness. And he wants to see you pro- uh, prosper in this area. God does not want to see his children hurting. He doesn't want to see his children going too early. He doesn't want to see us in pain. Like these these things are not, we got a lot of our physical ailments. We normalize them, get used to them. But that's not, that's not God's plan's for our life, but he does, he absolutely cares about our health, and he cares about our exercise regimen, yes, these are, these are on God's minds. to which we have kind of the, um, the arm flail obedience, you guys know what arm flail obedience is, that's a, right, because we almost kind of wish, there's a small part of it, we want to be healthy, yes, but there's a small part of us that kind of wishes, okay, that scripture that Paul was telling us, it's like, yeah, I kind of wish I had at least a little bit of an exercise, like I had, I, and here's why. Because exercise is hard. Staying disciplined is difficult. I get that. It's difficult when you have the food right there in front of you. And it looks good. And it smells good. And nobody's going to know. My trainer's not here. I can eat this. It is difficult, difficult to stay disciplined. It's difficult to get out of bed in the morning. It is, listen, your bed is never more comfortable than it, than it is when you schedule a run in the morning. Like, <laughs> Vito, I heard you. <laughs> oh, my client's right there. Mm-hmm. Listen, your bed is never more comfortable. You can have the worst night of sleep in your life, but... You knew the night before, okay, I'm going to set my iPhone alarm for 5.30 a.m. 5.30 in the morning, I'm getting out of bed, and I'm going for a run. You know what? I'm setting a second alarm, 5.35, just so you know how serious I am. I'm not going to sleep through this thing. I am going to get up. You could have the worst night of sleep in your life, sweating, you know, pillows uncomfortable, whatever. As soon as that alarm goes off at 5.30, it is like your bed sprouts arms and just gently wraps you and says, No. Don't get out of bed. Don't listen to what the mean trainer man said. Just stay with me. Let's just cuddle. It's difficult. I listen. I understand. Okay, even as a professional, it's hard for me. Some of you guys think, oh, he's a he's a trainer. It's easy for him. I I I feel it too. All right, my bed caresses me in the morning when I want to go run. It's the same type of thing. And we try, and we go for it, and we fall off the wagon. We fall off the wagon. Sometimes I swan dine off the wagon. Like I just, we, we jump off the wagon and we just belly flop off the wagon for some of us. I mean, it's difficult to stick with this thing. In fact, the gym, working for a gym for a long time, we, we operated yearly based off of falling off the wagon because we just knew come the beginning of the year, like this is it. This is the year, 2014, I'm doing it this year. Oh, and we know you are. We know you are because we start gearing up. Twenty fourteen, this is gonna be the year. This is gonna be year. Beginning of the year, our paychecks start going through the roof. Our appointment why wow, my appointment book is so full today. Commissions, commissions in the in the sale department, they start going up. Six weeks later, where'd everybody go? Cause we fall off the wagon. It's difficult. It's challenging, and I get that and I understand. And I think I think one of the biggest reasons why it's challenging is this. I think Our motivation sometimes, what motivates us, it just doesn't have any real value. The things that motivate us, they're just not solid enough. They're just not grounded enough to keep us going when it's difficult. Because it's challenging. It's hard. It is difficult to say no to sugar sometimes. It is difficult to say no to chips. That is my temptation, the little salt and pepper ruffled potato chips. Oh, my goodness. Like, it's challenging. I get that. I understand. And I think the main reason why it's so challenging is our motivation is not necessarily in the right place. See, because for some of us, for some of us, our motivation is maybe the bad doctor's report that we got, you know, our motivation. We went to go see, you know, Dr. So-and-so and he gave us the, you know, your HDLs, your LDLs, your cholesterol, your overalls, your geratols, everything is too high Too you know, everything's through the roof, you know, and you go home and you're like, okay, doctor said, I've got to get on it. I've got to do this thing. I've got to get healthy. And the second you get home, it's like there's this delicious dinner just cooking. And it smells delicious. Kids are in the, you know, in the back. Hello, Dad, how'd your, how'd your doctor's appointment go? Here's a chocolate cake. Happy doctor's appointment. You know, they're just tempting you. It's like instant temptation the second you get home. And the doctor's not there. You know what I mean? This is not, let alone, most likely, let's just be honest. Have you guys ever been in a situation where the doctor's like, hey, you really need to get in shape. And you're like, Doc, you need to get in shape. Like, and if you're a doctor in here, I'm not. I'm not saying that's you. I'm just saying like I've, I've I've seen it. You know, he's huffing and puffing, trying to tell you. You know, he climbed up the stairs to go to your appointment room, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, you really, you need to do some cardio." It's like, Doc, you need to do some cardio. Don't tell me what to do. Grown man. So, those that might be what motivates us. But the problem is, is you know, doctor's not home with us. He, he, he's not there at the dinner table, and, and, and it's tough, it's challenging. He's not there waking us up at 5.30 in the morning to go running. So we try, you know, we try, and we fall off the wagon. For some of us, what's motivating us is, is, is what we see in the magazines. Now, we have three people on our staff who are very, very, um, very talented when it comes to Photoshop. Matt being the primary one. I've seen him do some amazing things with Photoshop. And, and I wish, I wish it was that easy. Because I could tell you this much: if like that's what's motivating us, these images they're not real. I mean, Photoshop is an amazing—I I mean, amazing, amazing. They could do amazing things. They make this, they cut out some of this, they add some of this, they lift some of this, they take away some of this, and then they go send it off to print. You know, and, and that's what's motivating us. And then we realize it's not even attainable. So why, you know, why try? We try hard. We try hard. Why even? Why even try? For some of us, um. <laughs> For some of us, and, and I would say I've, I've spent a lot of my time falling into this category. For some of us, we kind of, we worship at the altar of the, the abs of steel. You know what I mean? The buns oh steel. You know what I mean? Like, well, wait, what, what would that altar look like? Just two golden mounds. You know what I mean? Like, that's, this is what we want. We're just like, I got to get the abs. I got to get the six pack. I got to get the buns oh steel. That's right. I said, oh, steel. Right? And this is what motivated. I remember this one time. I, true story. I was in the gym, and this, this, this lady, she walks up to me, and um, when we're not training, we're sort of just in the middle of the gym floor, middle of weights, picking up towels, you know, putting waters away, uh, answering questions for customers. We're doing that, so I'm not training, and so I'm just doing my thing, and this lady walks up to me, and she says, she says, um, you're, 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 you're a trainer, right? Yeah, yeah, I've been, been training here for a while, and uh, um, yeah, how can I help you? She goes, well... Here's the thing, okay? I have a question for you, but um, all right. it's a little embarrassing. I said, well, I don't even know this lady. Like, how embarrassing can this question be, you know? It's like, and I, like I said, I've been doing it for a few years, so I feel very comfortable. And I said, yeah, there's no embarrassing questions. What do, you, what do you need? She goes, well, okay. She goes, okay. Well, I was wondering, how do I get, like, a really nice butt, because, no, here's the best part. Here's the best part. She was because I saw you walking, and I noticed you have, like, a really nice butt. And I figured, I'm going to ask the guy with a nice butt, how do I get a nice butt? I said, I said first of all, you know, you're right. <laughs> all right. But this is this is this was this was her motivation, and, and this is this is why she wanted to be in the gym. This is why she wanted to keep going. This is why you know she wanted to hire me. I mean, these are the things uh, that motivate us. And and to be honest, they're they're not inherently evil. They're not inherently bad. I'm not saying that if, if you want the bunzo steel, you know, you want a prime rump roast. If you want a six pack abs, I'm not saying like if you don't if you want if you sorry if you want these things i'm not saying necessarily inherently bad but they, they, i think deep down we know these things don't have any inherent value they're not they're not going to really really work when it comes to getting us uh, getting us out of bed in the morning to go work out you know and, and then we have to almost think then we have to almost think okay well, well why do i really want those things you know like, like, guys, why do we, you know, what do we really, really want the six pack abs for? You know, it's like, yeah, you know, we want, let's just be honest. We want it because we want to attract girls and then we want to attract girls. And then we really have to think, okay, well, what kind of girl am I going to really attract if all she wants these for is my abs? And then, and then it's like, well, dang, I have to maintain this for our entire relationship. That's not possible. That's not possible. God absolutely cares about our current state of wellness. He absolutely cares about our current state of of health and fitness, but not necessarily for the same reasons that we care about it. This is why he cares about it, and I want to show you. I want to show you what our true source of motivation as Christians should be, and it's found in 2 Kings chapter 13, and we're going to start in verse number 14. This is what the Bible says. We're going to go over the end, the sort of the end of Elisha's, a prophet of God, Elisha's life. And this is how verse 14 starts. Now, Elisha had been suffering from the illness from which he died. Now, how many of you guys remember reading Romeo and Juliet in high school? Okay, at the beginning of the play, they tell you Romeo and Juliet died. All right, like if you didn't know that, Spoiler. Like, they die. All right? So they die at the beginning. But that's basically what the author is doing. He's saying, okay, this is, this is Elisha. We're going to talk about the story of his, uh, the end of his life. But you just need to know. He's sick. He's about to die. We're just preparing for you. Because then the author goes into this story where the king of Israel sees uh, 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 Elisha on his deathbed. And he's going to see him. And Elisha actually starts working. I mean, he's ill. He's sick. This is the end of his life. And Elisha starts working. The king comes to see him. And Elisha starts prophesying. I mean, he starts putting in hours. Like, Elisha, you're sick. You just need to rest. He's like, no, no, no. I got a prophecy for you. We're going to talk about this. He tells the king to go open the window. Shoots an arrow out the window. Does some stuff over here. Does some stuff over there. Like, he's still working on his deathbed. I mean, it's coming towards the end of his life, and he's still putting in the hours. All right, so I just want you to know that's that's the context. That's the story, and then we fast forward to verse number 20, and verse number 20 says this. Elisha died and was buried. Elisha, that's how it starts. Elisha died, and he was buried. So we're kind of sandwiched in between, okay, he was sick. He was ill. He's about to die, and now he died, and now he's buried. You kind of get the sense that you get the sense that he was taken just a little too early. Like this sickness sort of did him in when he was still working. When he still had some things to accomplish. He still had some things to do. You get that sense? Because even the author, you kind of get this idea, it ends abruptly. I mean, his life just, it sort of just stops. And you're like, wait a minute, that was, that was fast. Elijah, you were just working the other day. You were just putting in hours the other day. And it's just like, life is just boom, just done. Now, here's where the story gets interesting. This is where the story, it's a little, it makes me giggle inside just a little bit. It's a little morbid, but it's, it's kind of funny. I think you guys will enjoy this story. Listen, it says, now, when Moabite raiders used to enter the country every spring. Now, just so you know, Moabite raiders, these were the guys you did not want coming to town. All right, these were the guys, these were, these were the gang guys, they were, just, they were just coming to cause a ruckus. All right, they were coming in, nobody wanted to see them, but they made their trip every year, causing problems, causing a ruckus, and, and this is what they did. So, they came in. Now, one day, verse number 21, while some Israelites were burying a man, suddenly they saw a band of these Moabite raiders. So, you have some Israelites guys, Israelite guys working out, trying to bury one of their friends, Now, when I say bury, I don't mean like tomb like you see, you know, in the movies. I mean like old school classic Jesus tomb where you see the cave and and the stone rolled away. So they're out there. They're working. They're placing the grave. They're getting it ready for their friend that they're about to go bury. Now, they see these Moabite raiders off in the distance coming, right? And they don't want any problems. They don't want to cause a ruckus. Like, they're just like, man, Moabite, they're already here. We got to hurry up. So they get spooked, and this is what happens. They get spooked. They got their friend, and they literally just kind of... Toss their friend in the tomb, and they run off, and they go hide. Like, they're just like, I don't want any part of that. So let's, let's, let's get rid of you, and let's just, let's just toss you out there, and we just have to hide. So, and this is what happens. Check this out. So they toss their friend, and their friend said, this is what happens to the friend. When the body touched Elisha's bones, the man came back to life and stood up on his feet. The man came back to life and stood up on his feet. Just... like he's probably freaking out a little bit. He's probably freaking out a bit. Now, here's what I want you to see about this story, because it's kind of an odd story. It's like, wait a minute. So they literally tossed him, and all he did, Elisha's dead. Elisha's dead's bones are right there. And he just touched Elisha and comes back to life. Here's what I want you to see. That when we read the story, it seemed like Elisha was taken too early, right? Like this sickness did him in just a little bit too soon. It just... It got him just a little bit too early. Now, I know that it got Elisha a little bit too early because of this. Elisha's body still had miracles left in it. Elisha still had some work to do. His health deteriorating, his his well-being, it got the best of him. But he still had some miracles left in his body to perform. I mean, the guy came back to life. All he did was touch him. Elisha still had some work to do now here's what I want you to understand is that God has created each and every one of you looking at me this morning He has created each and every one of you for a purpose. There is a reason you are here There's a reason you are here right now And here's what I want to tell you is that each and every one of you still has some miracles left in you All right You need to understand that each and every one of you still has some miracles left in you This is to be our motivation this is, listen, the six-pack abs, the bunzo steel, all that stuff is great. All that stuff is, is wonderful. If you got it, it's been good for you. But this is to be our motivation. This is to help us get out of bed in the morning. This is to help us to go for that walk after dinner. This is to help us, as I need each and every one of you to understand that you still have some miracles left in you. Let me put it like this. For some of us, for some of you, you have some grandkids to meet. For some of you, You still have some businesses to start. I don't care where you're at in life. I don't care if you're young, if you're older. I don't care. Colonel Sanders didn't start making his chicken until he was in his 70s. Now, I know that's a bad example talking about health, but I just want you to understand. I don't care what stage of life that you're in. I don't care what stage of life that you guys still have some miracles left in you. You still have some things to accomplish. The chairs that you're sitting in right now, the gentleman who sets these up, 70 years old, every single chair is in here. Seven years old, he's here. 6.45 in the morning, beats me here in the morning. He's still got some miracles left in him. Bobby, I see you. He's still got some miracles left in him. Each and every one of you still has some. You guys got some businesses to start? You guys got some ministries to start? You guys have more people to bless? You have more people to prophesy to? You have more people to help? These are the things that I want you thinking about. These are the things that I want you to consider when it comes to taking care of our physical bodies. God absolutely cares about our physical state and our health and our well-being. But it's because, the reason God cares is because he's got some miracles to perform through you. He has some assignments to give you. And when heart disease is killing you know, us faster than anything else, there are a whole lot of miracles that are die along with that. These are a whole lot of people who are missing out on their blessings because of their current state of health. And that's not God's plan for our lives. No, no, no. I want to see every single miracle that you have left in your body be performed. I want to see every miracle that you have left in your body to come to pass. Amen? Now, listen, inspiration, that application is sort of useless, all right? So what I want to do is I want to take just a couple minutes, just a couple minutes, and I want to go over some very practical guides. I want to go over some very practical things that I know, I know all of you can do. For sure, I know all of you can do it. Now, we're not going to get very, very specific because honestly, keeping it simple is really all we need. Keeping it simple makes life a little bit easier. This, fitness is already hard enough. Taking care of our bodies are hard enough. Uh, uh, eating healthy is already hard enough. So we're going to go ahead and keep this simple, okay? Okay. So the very, very first thing that I want you to understand as it relates to taking care of those miracles, as it relates to our bodies is this, is yes, we have to start watching our food. Now you knew it was going to come up, right? Like you knew, like, okay, Dylan, I'm inspired, I'm with you, you should just end it right there because I don't want to talk about food now. No, no, no. Now I have one simple rule, one simple rule as it relates to food, all right? I want you to keep food as close to natural as possible. Here's how I put it, and here's how, because we're in church, I'm not, I'm not you know, in the gym training with somebody. This is how I would phrase it for all of us. I want us to keep food as close to original design as possible. You see, God created our bodies. God created food. There's this amazing interaction between the two, of which we don't even fully understand yet. But as you study nutrition even further, and as you dive into this thing even more, you always come back to the same starting point. Eat as close to original design as possible. Now, they don't know that they're basically just confirming the Bible when when nutritionists study this stuff, but we could look at it that way. In fact, in Genesis, the Bible says this. The Bible says, and we're talking about creation, that God said, I give you every seed-bearing plants on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food. How many of our diets actually look like that? Like our kitchens, yeah, I got a ton of seed-bearing plants in my kitchen, Delano. Mm-hmm. Seed-bearing fruits, that's all I eat. <laughs> that's all I got. No, this, this is original design. We want to get back as close to this as possible because here's the thing. Your body, we're not going to get too technical, so don't worry. Your body is made up of cells. Each one of those cells is in a constant state of dying off and rebuilding. Dying off and rebuilding, all right? Your body only has the food that you put in it to rebuild those cells. So you literally are what you eat, Changes the perspective on things, huh? And I mean that. I mean every hair cell, eye cells, you know, butt cells, everything, everything is our food, our our food is the raw material that our body uses to make these things up. And what I want for you is all we need to do is just let's 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 try. Let's just try to get back as close to original design as possible because God's smart and he knew what he was doing, and he created food right the first time. And so I want to jump on that bandwagon. Like, I want to go, and it's tough, trust me. I know, I know. For some reason, when when man gets his hands on foods and starts altering it, it starts tasting delicious. Like, I understand, but this is his plan for our lives. Secondly is this. The second thing that I want you to make a regular part of your quote-unquote health regimen is I want you to start practicing fasting. Now, fasting... We primarily do, as Christians, for spiritual health. But we need to understand that there are a ton of physical health benefits that go along with fasting. I'm not going to spend too much time on this one because Pastor Todd and the church, we've actually done quite a bit of sermon series on fasting and teachings on fasting. So I'll refer you back to those. But what I want to say about fasting is, have you ever noticed that food just has a sort of, like we just have a connection to it. Like, it's, it's beyond brain knowledge, like because we know. You know what I mean? Like, we know. We know certain foods are unhealthy, but there's just connection. Like, I have a connection to burritos, all right? Like, sometimes I just need a burrito in my life, all right? A burrito makes me feel better. It comforts me. It consoles me. Like, I have an emotional draw to certain kinds of foods, and it's okay to have your favorite foods. I'm not saying that. But you'll notice there are times when you genuinely want to try, and it's almost as if the food has this sort of power over you, you know? I joke with uh, some of my youth leaders all the time because sometimes my wife will go out shopping and she'll go buy, the, uh, she'll go buy like, these big bags of, of potato chips, and we serve them to the kids, but the problem is I know if I have one, I'm going to have 800. Like, it's one or 800. There is no in-between, like I have this draw, I just, I, you talk, I'm you. i talking, not, not just like the little, no, I'm talking about like the big, you know, these giant genetically altered potatoes with the ruffles in them and the salt and pepper. Oh my goodness. Like if I was in the Garden of Eden, that's what I would have been tempted with. Not a piece of fruit. No, no, I, is, no, 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 I won't, I don't want any fruit. Ruffle potato chips, Satan, yes, I will take those. But we have this draw to food. And the thing about fasting is this, is that fasting has this amazing ability to break, that sort of attachment that we have to food. Fasting creates a disciplined lifestyle to, yes, when we can say no, when we can have only a couple, when we can Fasting gives us that ability. We're practicing self-discipline. So when it relates to our health, I would say, you know what, let's schedule some fasts in our, uh, uh, throughout our year. And like I said, I understand we primary do this for spiritual application for our primary do this for spiritual benefits, but it has amazing, amazing health benefits. Next is this. Next is exercise. We had to do me a favor. I want everybody to do me a favor. I want everybody to stand up on their feet for me. Do me a favor. Everybody stand up on your feet for me. All right. Everybody is everybody up. All right. Everybody sit back down. Okay, perfect. You all just did a perfect squat, all right? (laughs) You all just did a perfect, listen, when it comes to exercise, here's the basic rule that I have for, for you, is we just simply need to move more. It's as simple as that. Your body is an amazing thing. Your body is one of the few things in the entire universe that gets better the more you use it. Your body gets better the more you use it. Wouldn't it be amazing, like, if our cars did that? Like, yeah, I got 300,000 miles in that car. It runs great. You know, it had this clunking problem, but I just drove it more, and it works better now. <laughs> Your bodies are an amazing creation of God, and they get, be- they get better the more that you use them. So when it comes to exercise, all I'm asking you to do is move more. You just did a perfect squat. If you want to, do 10 more right now. It's not going to distract me. Let's go for a walk after dinner. You know what I mean? Let's find some hills. Let's climb those things. I mean, it takes no equipment. It takes no, really any knowledge to, you know, to do a push-up. I just want you guys to get out there and move a little bit more and tap into this amazing body that God has blessed you. Yes, I understand that God has seemed to bless other bodies a little bit more. It's like, why has why he blessed so much biceps more than me? I understand that, but your body is an amazing creation, and it gets better the more that you use it. And lastly is this. Lastly is the more section, because I feel like I've been taken away from you guys now, taken away from your lifestyle. Lastly is the more section. What I would want for all of you is I want you to get a little bit more sleep and a little bit more water. Don't fall asleep right now. I want you a little bit more sleep and a little bit more water. I highly doubt any of us are in here and be like, yeah, Jalen, I don't know what it was. I got like 10 hours of sleep the other night. It just randomly happened. Yeah, just every week. I just, you know, 10 hours, like nothing. It's just no problem. Now, I mean, you know, if you're, if, you're, if you're in the middle of looking for a job, like you're in between, don't be sleeping 13 hours a day. But there's probably most of us, the majority of us could probably benefit from another hour or two. You know, some of us are right in the middle of studying. Some of us are right in the middle of, of finishing up school. Yes, try to get a little bit more sleep. Some of us just have a ton of projects. That's one of the reasons why we talked about resetting your time first, because sleep is very, very important. It's very, very important. And your health, you see, because the way working out works is you cause damage to your body. Your body rebuilds that damage, and it gets better. But your body only rebuilds that damage when you're sleeping. we got to sleep a little bit more. got to have a little bit more water. We don't even need to go into all the benefits. I just needed to tell you. I just needed to put that out there because I think everybody knows. I think everybody knows, but I know that you guys can do it because here's the thing. When it comes to health and well-being, We all start with a certain motivation. And if that's where you start, I'm okay with that. Like if you want to just, if it's swimsuit season, or we're wrapping up swimsuit season, but if you just want to start because you want to look a little bit better, I'm okay with that. Let's get you started. Let's get you going. But when it gets tough, and we're tempted to fall off the wagon, let's remember, I still have some miracles left in me, I have to take care of this thing because God has a plan for my life, and it can't, I can't stop because of my health. I can't stop because my, I, I, you know, I was eating this or I was eating that. I can't stop. In fact, I want everybody to say, say, say this after me. Say, I still have some miracles left in me. <laughs> Let me pray over you this morning. Father God, I thank you so much for my church family, God. I thank you so much for this opportunity to, to, to express to them how much I care about them, God, and how much I want to see these miracles fulfilled in their lives, God. When it's tough in the morning and, and we don't want to do this or when, when, things are, when things are difficult, remind them, God, that they can absolutely do these things. Remind them that you have a plan for them and you still have some miracles for them to perform. God, I pray, Lord, that everybody who is in this place, I pray that every last miracle that you have set for them and set for their lives, I pray that it comes to pass. I pray that they see the grandkids walking down the aisle. I pray that they start that venture that they've always wanted to start. And I pray that their bodies are right there with them, backing them up. I pray that they have the energy levels they've never experienced. I pray that uh, I speak against all the pain, the back pain. The, uh, I speak against all the, the ailments and the health uh, problems, Father God. And I pray, Lord, that their bodies just come together and line up with your will and your purpose for their lives, Father God. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Thank you guys so much. Thank you again for listening to Jubilee Tri-Valley's podcast. For more information on Jubilee Tri-Valley Church, please visit us online at jtvchurch.org.